everybody. How we doing? Uh, my name is Pastor Derek, and uh, I'm the lead pastor at Connect Here. It's an honor to be with you this morning as uh, we embark on a, kind of an important vision series and a new chapter in Connect Community Church. And uh, this has come uh, with a lot of uh, prayer and anticipation. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous this morning. I, I, I usually don't get nervous uh, being on stage very often. To be honest with you, I'm pretty comfortable but uh, normally, but I just want to do such a good job and I, I want to make sure that I reach as many people as possible. And, you know, if more than anything, I, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And so I just asking God for that to come across and be communicated the right way. Would you join me as we pray for just a second? Is that all right? Lord God, we just thank you so much uh, for your presence that's here already. We're so grateful, God, that uh, we can join together. And the Bible says how good, how pleasant it is when people live together in harmony or dwell together in unity, as it says in your word in Psalms. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that, um, you know, as we've uh, already blessed your name, that uh, your Holy Spirit would feel welcomed in this place and, and that there's nothing that we say, I say, that grieve or quench the Spirit of God. Lord, we, as my son was uh, communicating already, we don't want to do anything, Lord, but see lives changed. And in order for that to happen, Lord, we need you here. We, need, we invite you, Holy Spirit, you know, into our lives, into our circumstances, into our situations, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you help um, me and that you help me to be a good pastor to the people here this morning. And for those that are here for the first time, Lord, that you just accelerate their, uh, you know, understanding. And for those that have been here a long time, that you would pierce through all the familiarity and sometimes callous that keeps us looking at things maybe the same way. Would you put a fresh anointing, Lord, on every, on the bread that is being broken this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be really good. Turn to the other person you rejected and say, it's going to be good for you too. <laughs> Thank you, Deej. You know, um, this particular series, Economics, it's kind of uh, E hyphen economics is like eternity money, seeing uh, our resources through you know, the lens of eternity, seeing that there's something in our, um, our daily lives that actually can have eternal implications. And I want to help you see your resources right, uh, you know, through a clear windshield. That's something that I was praying is, you know, is that the windshield, you know, of your perspective would be completely clean as we kind of uh, uh, pierce through, you know, this this subject and get God's perspective on it. Because, you know, man tends to corrupt uh, this subject so much, doesn't he? I mean, with, with um, abuses and uh, selfish ambitions and all those kind of things, I, I've been very frustrated with some of the uh, things that are promoted on the media today. There's a new show out. Some of you uh, have seen or heard about it uh, called Preachers of L.A., Anybody, raise your hand if you've heard about the new show, Preachers of L.A. It really, it really rips me, if I'm honest. Uh, these guys are sellouts, and, uh, you know, they, they, um, they're hirelings, and we're supposed to be servants. And, and, um, and it's just twisting truths and manipulating them for, uh, for selfish purposes. And, and honestly, I, I don't want um, any of that to, uh, to corrupt the, the communication here and I really want to help you build an account in heaven. 
Because this life is, it's just a mist. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. We hold on to it so tightly, and, and what keeps um, our account built up in heaven is, um, our, is not so much, life is not so much duration, life is donation. It's, it's not consumption, it's contribution. It's what, we, it's what we give. Life is about giving. And I want to help you build uh, your account in heaven. And as a result, giving will be a big part of our discussion. And I, I want you to know that giving's changed my life. Uh, I, I say this, you know, with sincerity and hopefully in humility, but, but I'm a giver. I, I was, I've been raised in a giving home. To be honest with you, I'm blessed because of that. I've been exposed to giving at an early age. But I came to the revelation that people, actually all people, love to give. They often can't. So I, I, have, I think it's a healthy perspective. It may not be true of everybody, but I just believe that we're born selfish. We, we learn words, you know, it's innate to, be, to say it's mine, 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 mine. It's one of the first words a kid learns, you know, and, and then later it, goes to, it progresses to two words, gimme, 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 you know what I mean? But, but when we're born again, when we give our heart to Christ, uh, that selfishness becomes generous. We're born generous. And there's something in us that wants to give back a response to God's great love for us. He demonstrated, Romans 5, 8, his love for us, and that while we had sinners, Christ died, Christ died for us. Because he did that for us, they give back. And so people want to give back their whole lives, and that includes our resources, but oftentimes we can't. Oftentimes we're in bondage. Oftentimes we're servant uh, to the lender. And so we'll talk about, you know, how to get out of that and overcome that openly and honestly. But I just ask you to be open to what God would say to you as we study his word. And I'm asking you to have an open heart. In order to have an open heaven, we have to have an open heart. Isaiah tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so I'm asking you as we start out to surrender your thoughts, maybe even give up some of your ways in order to adopt his ways, in order to adopt his thoughts. And let me also be up front and say that we, uh, I'll get it right out in the open. We are in a campaign uh, where we are raising leaders and we are raising resources, uh, we're going to need a lot of people to accomplish the vision that God has for us. I'll say this also about the vision that, that uh, we've been communicating. How many of you are familiar with the, 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 the message, the vision of Connect the Dots? Just raise your hand if you've heard Connect the Dots. Raise your hand. Okay, good. All right, so some, most of you are familiar with that. I want to kind of connect the dots for you, though, a little bit and make it really specific, and we'll be unpacking a little bit more about this as we go forward in the next few weeks. But we're raising leaders, we're raising resources, not because Pastor D wants to have a bigger church. Uh, just trust me. I, we, I'm happy with the number of people that we have. I've got enough to do. I know a lot of people think I just pray and read my Bible and get ready to get up here and talk for 40 minutes, and then Monday through Saturday I nap, you know, and read books and study and stuff like that. I understand that's the perspective that's out there, but trust me, we have plenty to do. We, more people means more problems, more challenges. We're, we're like a hospital. I mean, there's just, it's, you know, I answer the phone, crisis center. You know, I mean, that's, that's how it, at our house, you know, and so it, I just want you to know, this isn't a selfish ambition. This is a holy ambition. God has placed vision. If you believe this is your church, then you should, there should be an inherent trust in the house that 
Pastor D, you know, kind of like Papa D, God gave you a vision and we're, we're, in, we're in it to win it with you. And so this vision God gave me is to, to make sure that we reach our full potential here at our, at our home base, Connect Ashland. But there's going to be other Connect campuses. And so we're getting ready to, to uh, elicit uh, financial resources and human resources. And in the coming weeks, we're, we're going to be raising funds. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to be also raising leaders because we're going to launch a new church. Before Easter, we plan on having this entire facility, uh, when I say entire facility, done, like buttoned up, wrapped up, ready to be able to reach 1,000 people. Okay? And so that's, that's what we believe our capacity is. Amen. Amen. And then in the fall of 2014, we're gonna, we believe in Jesus' name as we respond to his word, not just like, that's great, woo, woo, pass the Doritos. No. <laughs> Next channel. Um, that was good for a little while. No, we all kind of participate, and we're going to have a launch team in 2000, fall of 2014, and by Easter of 2015, launch our first campus. That's big picture. In the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, taking an offering. We're going to be raising uh, cash Money, okay? Did, I, did, I, did he say that in church? Yes, I did. We're going to be basically bringing our first fruits offering on uh, November 17th, Celebration Sunday. How many know that giving is, a, is not a business transaction? It's a form of worship. It's worship. How many, all my givers out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's worship because your wages represent a part of who you are. It's your sweat. It's your, it's, 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 it's your, it's your you know, blood, sweat, and tears. It's a part of who you are. And so when you give that, it is. It's like a living sacrifice. It says in Romans 12.1, you're giving a part of yourself. And so we're going to raise the biggest offering we've ever been, by faith, in Jesus' name, the biggest offering we've ever raised in order to be able to pay cash to renovate this facility. All right? So that we can, we're, I mean, we're in Jesus' name, we're all lined up to be able to start some, we've done a bunch of stuff already. We've already made a bunch of investments. $70,000 of investment already taking place just out of our, our own savings because of the faithful giving of this community. But we're getting ready to raise a lot more money in order to be able to continue the renovation. And some of you are familiar with that and you've been exposed to that. We're going to show you some more of that. Even today, I'll be passing out some things so you can see kind of what we're doing, um, you know, mostly downstairs, a little bit upstairs here as well, to be able to create the elbow room to be able to grow and reach our full capacity. And then we're going to continue to raise resources over time, over a 24-month period, in order to be able to have the money available to launch a new campus. And in our culture and in our area, it costs a good amount of money to do that. And I'll unpack more of the details, but I just want every single week, but I just wanted you to I'll have charts and all kinds of fancy stuff for you. But I just wanted to basically let you know that this is an all play. Can I, can I have an amen out there? To whom much is given, much is required. I actually believe that, you know, Genesis 12 too, we, we're blessed to be a blessing. This church is blessed. You may not know this, but we've been evaluated by, by a private company. And uh, the representative is Jeff here. Can you raise your hand, Jeff? You're here somewhere. I thought I saw you. Jeff's back there. Jeff Shortridge is back there. Uh, he, his company has helped 5,000 churches, you know, uh, raise leaders and raise funds to do things like what we're doing right now. And he, has, he told me, your pastor, that our church is in what, like the, an elite category in terms of its wherewithal and its capacity uh, financially. We're blessed. We're like, we're like, like a 0.1% below the fastest growing churches in America in terms of finances, all right? Now, I say that, and some people go, Whoa, well, then I don't need to do anything. That's great. <laughs> no, the, it's actually the opposite. You need to do more. Yes. 
because you've been blessed. In fact, that's why we're blessed, because we've done so much already. Are you tracking, guys? And so we're blessed to be a blessing. And in my pastorate, I've never asked people for something much beyond our operational budget. We've done miracle offerings. Many of you have participated in that when there's a catastrophe or there's something that's happening within one of the affiliations that we partner with in church planning or something like that. We've helped many church planners over the years. But this is is a bigger kind of vision. This This is a little bit, this is way beyond me. Way beyond me and Stacy, way beyond our leadership. This is, we're in the faith zone, like major, okay? And, but I believe that's what is the next step, the next chapter in our journey at Connect, you know, because we've been given so much. God wants us to be able to do more, Amen. and I believe we're, we'll be blessed as we do. Amen? Amen? I wrestled with talking about, you know, uh, resources during, uh, you know, um, this particular season, but every year at this time is when we really equip the body in the area of finance. And so I just feel like actually the timing is perfect. It's kind of a, it's a big spiritual term, but kind of a kairos moment. It's, it's the perfect opportunity where God's given new vision, and at the same time we talk and we equip the, the, the church to be able to reach their full potential in the area of our resources. So Connect the Dots is a response to a mandate for our church, and it's, it's, it's taking the stories. Some of you are here in the pre-service seeing our video, seeing those changed lives multiplied. There's going to be a day where many of you may even participate in sitting in another auditorium like this with hundreds of brand new people that were out in the street, that are now connected in a body, in the seat, you know, of a, of a local church, and their lives are being changed because it all started right here, right now. And so, you know, it, it's, it's an incredible opportunity, but we all must participate, and it can't just be for us. Us four no more, praying in a corner, it's got to be for everybody. And I, in fact, I, let's just do something for fun. Will you guys do something for fun with me? Don't get scared now, all right? Uh, but if you have your, your wallet, your purse, I want you to take it out and put it in your hand. Your wallet or your purse, or if you got any, if you got any money or something like that, just take that out, all right? <clears throat> look at it, look at it, hold it, rub it. If you rub it, a genie ain't going to come out and give you whatever you want, okay? So that, that, it ain't that kind of church, okay? All right? Everybody doing it? We all play? All right, now I want you to turn and give it to the person on your right, okay? Just hand it to them. Just hand it to them. Seriously, just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. All right, just for fun, okay? There you go. There you go. All right. All right, stay with me. Stay with me. Now, if there's a checkbook there, I want you to write the biggest check you have ever seen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If there's some money, you know, anyway, so give it back. Give it back. Give it back. Give it, everybody give it back. Give it back. We don't, we got, we'll have to call security. <laughs> Here's why I did that is because the truth is it's so much easier to give someone else's money. You're like, okay, <laughs> how much you got? You know, there's going to be some bounce checks here, you know. The truth is, the truth is that's what it, the joy that you would have giving away somebody else's money, the joy that you would have writing a big fat check. That's where God wants to bring us this month in our hearts because it's not ours. All our resources, we are not owners. We are stewards. Our job, according to God's word, is to 
is to fiercely protect and steward it, but also to grow it. And one of the ways we grow it, if you look at the story of the talents, or you look at, there's so many different scriptures I could pull out. There's 2,100 scriptures that talk about money and possessions and giving in the Bible. It's 10 to 1. You know, the subject giving versus salvation in the scriptures. It's a big deal. But if you look at, if you look at it, God wants us to fiercely protect it. He wants us to grow. In order to grow, we have to give it. It's something that won't happen unless we do something on our end. And how we see money is so important. It's, it's you know, money in, in, in one case, money is, it's just, it's, it, the love of it, the Bible says, is the, is the problem. Money's not the problem, right? So money is just a tool. It's a test. It's a trademark. It's a tool that could be used for different purposes. It's a test because it shows, you know, it tests our heart where it goes. It's a trademark. It shows to whom we belong. Money, in, in one hand, is natural. It just deals with certain, you know, daily things. It, 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 but, in, it, but it has a spirit on it. It either, it either it has a spirit of mammon or it can have the spirit of God on it. What puts the spirit of God on it is what it's used for. What puts the spirit of God on it is whose management it's under. Are you guys tracking with me? The spirit, can be, the, the spirit on it can have it blessed or have it cursed dependent on our stewardship and our generosity and the purpose it's used for and the position it's under, how it's being managed, who's managing it. And I'll show you more on this later. But in short, our life is, is, really, our life is really made up just of our relationships. It's made up of our, our resources. And what we're going to talk more about this, in this series, we do a lot on relationships. We're going to talk about our resources. Your your resources can be used for basically three things. It's in your notes. It can be used for need, seed, or greed. Need, some, you use it, seed, you sow it, greed, you blow it. Right? So need, those daily necessities, those, must you, those personal things that you got to have. Sometimes need is social needs, things that are bigger than you sometimes. And we'll come back to that in just a second. Seed, that's the supernatural part. That's the doing something that has not just an organizational impact when you give, but has an eternal impact. See, we give, and I'll come back to this in our final point, so that different things can be done. We, you know, Ecclesiastes says that money solves problems. Money's not bad. You can't do ministry without money. You wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for people's giving. Be impossible, you know? So it does do that. Seed, seed, you can sow it, and you can make an organizational pet, but you can sow it. When you give money uh, to vision, to things that have eternal implications, you're building, a re- you're building an ERA, an eternal retirement account. It's the only thing when you tithe, when you bring offerings, when you bring sacrificial gifts to God, it's the only thing that is storing up treasures for you in heaven. When you do that. Greed, though, that's when, you know, we get all caught up in our own stuff. That takes us over. And that particular spirit of money gets us in bondage, gets us sidetracked and sidelined so that we can't participate, even though in our hearts we want to, on our lives we can't. And so, but many see needs and they get confused. It's like, well, what, you know, I see the, okay, there's a vision going on here. Somebody's got a vision for that over there. And then there's a catastrophe. And then the media, we get inundated and then we get inoculated. 
We're inundated with all, you know what I'm talking about. You turn on the TV, there's need this, need that, need this. And you know what happens to us in our culture, in our, in our society? We just, we get inoculated by it. We're just like, what's the point? I can't really make a difference. My part is not going to do anything for all of that. Right? Do we do that? Yes or no? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's that tendency to do that. We're so inundated by need, we're inoculated to do anything about the need. And people say, well, how can I do for that one when I can't do it for all? I grew up in a you know, home where you know, um, my mom was really big on fairness. You know, everything's got to be fair. And so you know, we maybe there'd be something she you know, um, bought and I'd be like, or she baked, or I like that one, when she baked stuff, you know, and she, I'd say, Mom, you know, can I have some of those rice? She goes, I can't do that for you, because then I have to do that for your sister, and she's not home yet. I said, well, she won't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay if you're okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's like, it wouldn't be fair. I can't do that for you if I don't do that for your sister, and so we have inundated with all this need and overwhelmed by it, and so we inoculated, or we are inoculated because it wouldn't be fair. How can I do this for this person not do that for that person? And so this principle, you know, of do for one what you, could wish, you, what you wish you could do for everyone kind of hit me. I remember Andy Stanley teaching on this. Or do somewhere what you could wish you could do everywhere. Or do sometime what you wish you could do all the time. Or do, you know, you know, um, uh, uh, some things that you, when, when, when you can't do everything. There's just, you contribute your part. And when your part joins with other people's parts, that's when we reduce the need to rubble. That's when we make a difference. That's, in fact, when I take my part, join it with your part, and God puts his blessing and favor and the windows of heaven open up on it, it's incredible what can happen. Are you tracking with me? And so are you going to let that are you going to let the enemy, as you sit here and you listen and you, and you engage in this whole Connect the Dots vision, are you going to, let, are you going to be inundated with it or are you going to be inoculated by it? Or are you going to just be like, Pastor Doritos, that's great. Hey, they're going to build a church. Woo, that's so exciting. I'm excited. You know, I like to move it, move it, and everybody's all excited, but nobody's going to do anything. See, that, it's not going to happen that way. It won't happen unless we participate. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know how I can participate. I'm going to help you with that. But you need to get to a, in a position in your heart, in a disposition in your heart, where you're willing to participate. Because together, everybody accomplishes more. Everyone accomplishes more. And the goal is to get everyone involved in this journey by first seeing that you can make a difference with what is in your hand, what is, what is in your, your storehouse, what is within your capacity? But however, before God can do something in you editorially, you the church, he has to do something in me, the individual. Because the church is the hope of the world. Can I have an amen out there? Amen. He's committed to us, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, the ministry of reconciliation. And so the church is the hope of humanity. That's why we're doing all this. Because you can't solve some of the ailments, the human problems, the, the, the situations and circumstances that are sidelining people so bad that they want to check out of this world. You can't do it without the church. We talked about this last week. Jesus is the only one who can meet our deepest need when we talked about the Samaritan woman. Jesus. And so we are Jesus with skin on. We are the paper boys. We are the delivery system. The good news has been, uh, uh, has been printed 
and it's sitting like bundles of newspapers on the end of our driveway if we don't deliver it, and the church has to get outside these four walls. First, we have to expand our four walls to those that are coming, and then we're going to have to get outside these four walls to establish new churches to reach those people with the gospel. But we're God's plan A, and there's no plan B. So what is my first step when it comes to giving? Number one, you got to give you. I don't know if that's in your notes or not, but I'm going to read a scripture from 2 Corinthians 8, verse 5. The first thing we have to give is ourselves. i got to give me. You know, I don't know about you, but how do you impress God with your money? He's not impressed with your money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got streets of gold. Why does he have streets of gold? Because he's got to do something with all his money. So he's definitely not impressed by money. What impresses someone who has everything? I, I, I used to struggle with this every year when my grandmother was alive. Every Christmas, what in the heck am I going to get, you know, uh, Grammy? Marion, Mame was used to call her. What do, we, what do I get her? I don't, we don't know what to get her. We, when I was little, I'd just draw her pictures. I was pretty good at drawing, by the way. And I'd draw her pictures, and she kept those things in files, folders of stuff, all, you know, Derek's pictures, you know? There's these little, just, because it, it was a part of me that I gave her. That's all that, that's what impressed my grandmother was I gave me. What's going to impress God? At the end of the day, it's not your money. The money is serving another purpose. What what's impresses him is you gave all of you. In 2 Corinthians 8, 5, it says this, and the context is the Apostle Paul was talking to a group of converted Gentiles, all right, the Church of Macedonia, and they were actually, believe it or not, during this time, they were amidst a recession, okay, so context is important, and they were being challenged by Paul to fulfill a financial commitment that they had made to the Jewish believers in Jerusalem, who frankly kind of made it tough for the Gentiles to be Christians. It's a funny story, but with this whole circumcision thing, I could go off on that, but I won't. You've heard me do it before. Anyway, and nevertheless, they rose to meet the challenge that Paul had given them. In fact, they not only rose to meet the challenge, they gave even more than expected. They, and it struck me when I read this. And, and I, when's the last time you heard, heard something like that? I, 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 I don't selfishly want to be a part of that. I spiritually want to be a part of doing something beyond my capacity. Because I, 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 I think it does something to me. I think I want to be in, like, the faith zone. I want to be in a miracle area with God in regards to our church and our finance. I don't want to get comfortable here at Connect. Can I have an amen instead of a yawn? I don't want to get, do you want to get comfortable? You will if you're not challenged once in a while in your faith. If you're not provoked to, to step out on the, on the plank once in a while. But these guys were challenged by Paul, and they stepped out, and they did even more than what was asked and I don't, I don't hear about that very often, but when I have, it, it blows me away. But inside this text, in this experience, is a key to giving. I want you to see this so crucial to the rest of the series. 2 Corinthians 8, 5, are you tracking with me? Yes or no? Okay. They did more than we had hoped. Unusual testimony. For their first action. Everybody say first action. We're going to talk about first actions in just a second. Was to give themselves. Everybody say themselves. So the first thing they gave wasn't money. It was themselves. It was themselves. Like the guys, you know, in the, when the, during the, the Christian crusades, when the, there were guys that were getting baptized, and they would get baptized, and they would go down the water, but they'd hold their swords out. 
And that's what, that's what Christians do sometimes. We're getting baptized into the waters of death. We want to we wanna, we wanna be a part of Christ's work and his mission and his vision, but we're going to hold our wallets out or we're going to hold something out. God wants us to fully commit ourselves to God. One, so it says their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. So one precedes the other. Before you give to us, you got to give yourself to God. And to have these results, again, is conditional upon the former, just as God wanted them to do. That's what God wanted them to do. He wanted them to be generous, but he knew you wouldn't get, be generous if you didn't do first things first. In order to be generous, you have to give all of yourself first to God. you got to give you. And I'm not saying that, 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 that money's not important. I'm not saying that giving and, and giving by percentage is not important, but it's less about amounts. It's more about the order. God wants to be first in your life, in every area of your life. He wants all of you, every single part of you. So the quick summary before we get into three action steps is the first thing is not a we thing until we work out this me thing. Amen. Before we're going to do anything, you got to get alone with God. You got to get kind of insulated and isolated from all the distractions and decide, am I going to give myself fully to the work of the Lord and to his vision, to his plans and his purposes for my life and for this church? What does it look like? Uh, you know, um, well, here's some action steps to give oneself fully to God. In fact, I want you to do this. I want you to stand with me as we read this particular scripture. I'm going to read this from, this is Deuteronomy chapter 28. Would you stand with me as we read this for the reading of the word? I was praying for you and an opportunity for God to bless you so much that you wouldn't even be able to stand it any longer. Have you ever been in a rainstorm where it poured buckets and you were literally drenched? You were literally soaked. Yes or no? Have you ever been in something like that? Just soaked. Well, I've been praying for our church that we would literally, we would have, I'm going to talk about an open heaven because it's going to have some spiritual stuff and I hope it makes sense to some of you guys. But I don't know, but every single Sunday morning uh, on my own and then many, many mornings in our pre-service experience, we pray for an open heaven. An open heaven is basically, it's, it's, the Bible talks about it in many different places in the scriptures, but it's basically when he rains down his blessings on us where we, we're literally soaked in his blessings. And what happens is when there's an open heaven and people are soaked in their blessing, they can't wait to be a blessing. They can't wait to be. Would, would anybody in this room want, want God to put an open heaven on their marriages, on their relationships, on their kids, on their health, on their bodies, on their... Come on, get in on some of this. Would anybody on their finances, on your resources, on our church, would anybody want that kind of an experience in open heaven? Okay, let me read this to you, okay? The Lord will open the heavens... Deuteronomy 28:12 The storehouse of his bounty to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Everybody say bless, bless. all the work of my hands. You will lend to many nations and borrow from none. How many want to be blessed like that? You may be seated. God wants to, he wants to give us his good treasure. He wants the storehouse of his bounty, as it says in this scripture, poured out on us. But some of you, you may feel like the heavens aren't opened up to you. You might actually feel, I, I'm sure it happens sometimes, maybe happening right now. You feel like the heavens are shut up, shut up from you. And so how can it happen? If there's some things in the heavens that we can do to open them and some things to close them, we probably ought to find out what those are from his word, right? So the first thing we can do to open the heavens is, number one, first pray. Everybody say pray. pray. you got to pray. Pray. 
You know that. MC Hammer, I won't do it. I could dance, but I won't. Here's the deal. We can literally move God with our prayers. For some reason, God has limited his power to our prayers. He's, in, he's, he's unlimited in his power, but it's according to the power that works within us. And what activates the power of God is our prayers, the law of prayer. It's like, it's like the law of gravity, the law of physics, aerodynamics. He's the creator of all things, omnipotent God, but he's limited his movements primarily to when his people pray. The coolest thing is they can work for us or can work against us. Check this out. There's a few key words in your notes. Uh, uh, maybe it's on, your, on the screen here. Where the, You know the story where Jesus got baptized. We just had a baptism last week. It was so awesome. And, uh, but there was four words that popped out of me during the baptism, just kind of hit me, uh, where the Holy Spirit descended. That's like rain. That's like an open heaven. When the Holy Spirit descends, how many know that's an open heaven? That's what we want. We want the Holy Spirit to descend. But in Luke 3, 21 through 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And look at these next four words. And as he was praying, say that with me. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. So the heavens opened up when people pray. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. It wasn't a dove in the form of the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, by the way. That's more important than you realize. But then the Holy Spirit came, and he, and, he, and he spoke, and you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. And everything is always going to be blessed when the Holy Spirit descends. We're praying for an open heaven. We need to be praying as a church for an open heaven. And so what's going to happen is, um, starting tomorrow, and you're going to get these at the door when you go out. We're beginning 21 days of prayer. All right? 21 days of prayer. Amen. 21 days of prayer starting tomorrow. So you're going to get one of these as you go out the door, a prayer journal, all right? And we've had uh, Connect contributors. So we actually have people within our church uh, who have contributed a daily prayer journal for you, to, a devotional for you to pray about. And we're asking you to pray, and to, to, uh, to listen, and to record what God is speaking to you. Spend time every single day talking to God. And then in particular, just a little thing I'll highlight, and this is self-explanatory, a lot of this stuff, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we're calling it our Project 1220 project, okay? So at 12.20 a.m., 12.20 p.m., for one minute, I want everybody to stop, drop, and roll. No, I want everybody to stop and pause and pray. You know what I'd really like you to do? I'm going to take it up a notch. Vanessa is our prayer director for this. I want you to actually get on your knees and humbly just pray. And I'm going to give you some things to pray about, and there's some things in here to pray about. But one minute, what if the whole church at 12.20 a.m., 12.20 p.m., every day prayed for 21 days all at the same time? Do you think that might have an impact on the Lord? Will you guys get, who will get behind me on that one? Raise your hand if you'll get behind me. Every single day for 21 days, we stop, drop, and pray. And as he was praying, the heavens opened. James 5, 17, Elijah was a man just like us. Say, just like me. It's so key. His, 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 it's, it's basically saying in, in his nature. He wasn't like us in how he dressed. I'm pretty sure he didn't dress this good. I'm, I don't think I heard Elijah didn't dress that well. But anyway, but he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and a half. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Here's the deal. God went to great lengths in his word to say he was just like us. So your prayers are powerful and effective, not because you're perfect. It's because of his 
perfection. But because of the principle of prayer, you can move the heart of God. He, Elijah wasn't a superman, but there's an idea in our mind sometimes that he was. And the truth is, he had, he had actually more disadvantages than us. We had Jesus. Jesus has already come to earth. Jesus has died on the cross, been resurrected. The Holy Spirit has descended on us and is with us now. We have more advantages than actually Elijah did. We sometimes miss that. He prayed and the heavens closed and he prayed again and they opened. Your prayers can produce rain over you and rain over others. Prayer changes things. And I don't know how to convince you more about that than to say it, but if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto us. You know, men, we struggle with prayer. I'm just going to pick on myself and, and the guys here, but we struggle with prayers. We struggle sometimes to, you know, with the whole idea, and I admit I, I've struggled with this subject myself. The first reason is men don't like to pray because we don't like to ask for directions. I grew up, it is good. I grew up when I, when I was a young man, and I watched my mom and dad fight in the car when we go on trips, and my, my dad you know, and was just determined never to ask for directions. And my mom would just be patient, patient, and finally she'd be like, Ernest, Ernest, why don't you just pull, Ernest, she calls him Ernest when she's mad, and Ernie when she's happy, Ernest, why don't you just pull over and pull over and ask for directions? We've been driving for three days, you know? It's like, be quiet, be quiet, man, I'm going to find it, I'm going to find it, you know? So we, we I, think, I, think, I think men are that way, I think Moses was that way, I think Moses wouldn't have got lost in the wilderness for 40 years if he just let Miriam lead the people, we probably would have been there in four days. Anyway, but... Another reason men don't like to pray is because we don't like to talk. Come on, ladies. Isn't that true? They don't like to talk that much. Just tell me what's going on. How was your day, honey? What did the guys say? Fine, fine. Just so you know, ladies, the reason that is is because they're, what they're thinking is, I don't want to go through it again. Once is enough. I don't want to relive it all over. So we're bottom line people, but here's the deal. Guys, men, women, boys, girls, we can get bottom line with God. It's okay. But when you go to God when you go to, and, you, and, you, and you're talking to him, it's important that pr- you understand that prayer is also listening. And so I'm asking you, my modus operandi when it comes to the subject of giving is this. I'm not asking you to give money. I'm asking you to talk to God and do what he says. I know he'll talk to you about giving. So you say, well, that's pretty smart. Well, okay, I'll take that. But I'm asking you to talk to God and listen. What if you called God up? What if you called a friend up on the phone and you're like, blah, 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 and I need this and I need that, and you, you, know, you can do this and do that. And by the way, two, I've asked you this twice already. And you still haven't done it yet. Okay, hang up. Deep. I think God's on the other line going, wait, 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 wait. I, want, I wanted to say something. I wanted to talk to you. So when you're spending time over these 21 days, you know, don't just talk at them. Talk with them and listen. It won't be so hard, guys, men and women, if you just once in a while stop talking and just start listening. and Write down and do what he says. And that's our next point is first pray. And the next one is first obey. First obey. Deuteronomy eleven sixteen says, be careful or you'll be enticed to turn away. In other words, your heart can be deceived. And worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you and he will shut up the heavens. So in other words, there's some things we can do that close up the heavens. Say, I don't feel an open heaven. It might be something you're doing that's shutting up the heavens. And a lot of that is disobedience. So that it will not rain and the ground will yield no produce and you will soon perish from the good land that the Lord has given you. If obedience opens up the heavens, then disobedience can close the heavens on your life. 
Have you ever bought something? I'm going to keep this resources oriented. But have you ever bought something and you knew you weren't supposed to? I mean, somebody got a car and everybody's talking about, or somebody bought a phone. And it, we'll just keep it real modern. Somebody bought a phone and everybody's talking about the phone and you want a phone and God's going, mm, I don't want you to get that phone. That's not a good idea. You're still under contract. <laughs> no, I don't know if God says that to you, but he's pretty straightforward with me. Yeah, but I want it. No. Why? Just no. You know, and, and you go and, you, well, I'll just go look. <laughs> and, you know, it's over when you do that, right? And then you do it, and, and, and all of a sudden you, you find yourself just very shortly thereafter. could be a day, a month, a week. Your phone drops and it breaks, and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, and you regret it. Have you ever done something like that? Some people have done that with houses and second houses and boats and cars and big stuff, and you've regretted it. People in this room, <laughs> why does he, had I know, because I've counseled them. <laughs> I could call them out if I wanted to. But, but the point is, the point is, that when, in that disobedience, when that took place, it shut up the heavens. And he's, why, did, why does he shut up the heavens? He did this with his people Israel. He does it to bring our hearts back. And then when we repent and we get right with God, he opens up the heavens. And we start to, and we obey. But then we disobey, and we run away, and we do it our own way. He shuts up the heavens. Because he's always wanting our hearts in all this, not our resources. When you hear from God, from his word, just do it. Just do what he says. John 2, 5, whatever he says, just do it. You know, Jesus' mother just said that when the first miracle, you know, uh, where he turned water into wine. Jesus didn't even want to do it yet. And just whatever, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. That needs to be our disposition as we go forward in this journey. Pray and obey. Just do what he says. See, here's what I do. I pray, and then I'm like, okay, I know he wants me to do something. Okay, you want me to do that? Whoa. And then I try to figure all out how I'm going to do it. Listen, make a decision you're going to do it, and he'll help you figure out how to do it. He'll help you figure it out. You know what? He'll give you creative ideas. The Lord started showing me, well, you could, do, you could cut this from your budget right here, and you could sell that, and you could drive this instead. And you could, you say, really? You think that way? Yeah. I do. I could, go, I could go into that in great detail. My wife and I have conversations about that, different sacrifices maybe we could make. Why? Because I want to build an, RO, I want to build an ERA. I want to build an account that's great in heaven. And, I'm not, and I, I don't think I have that much time to do it because I think he's coming back. And I want to just get in. Okay, get in. <laughs> I want to be like, hey, look at that place. Hey, you know, he's, there's rewards in heaven. We live for rewards. But here's the definition of obedience. This is my definition of obedience. It's real simple. And if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. Uh, here's obedience. Trying to hear God before we make a decision. Trying to hear God before we make a decision. And being willing to back up if we miss it. Be willing to back up if we miss it. This is practical. I'm not talking about just being perfect. This is, about, this is a heart issue again. We try to hear God, and we need to make every effort to do whatever he says to do. Seek counsel, talk to your spouse about these things, get in prayer, of course, and do it. And if we miss it, be willing to back up. We've talked ourselves into so many things that were wrong. Sometimes we need to talk ourselves out of some things that we did that were wrong. We need to be willing to talk ourselves out, listen to God, back up. If you've missed God, are you willing? This is a rhetorical question, but if you've missed God, are you willing to back up and back out? Some of us, like, even as leaders, I, I've been leaking vision for a while about what's coming up. And we'll still go ahead and make major financial decisions because we're just going to do what we're going to do. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't have done that. 
Would you think about that? Would you pray about that? I would, I, this is where I'm at now. I'm not saying I've always been there. This is where I'm at now. I would do whatever it takes to be under an open heaven. Whatever. If that meant backing up on some stuff, then back up. I'll back up. I would sell a car. I would sell one of my kids. No, I'm just kidding. I, I would I'd get out of I was just kidding, son. I would get out of a house payment. I would get out of a house payment if I had to. I would not do that vacation. I would not go on that cruise. I, do, am I making myself clear? To have an open heaven. To have an open heaven. Would you? My daddy taught me, you know, that partial obedience is no obedience. So to give yourself fully to God, you must do this. Pray, you must obey, and to see an open heaven, number three, you must first give. Everybody say give. In order for God to place his favor on you and us, his church, we must do what he already says to do. By the way, this is one of those areas, the last two, there's nothing to pray about. You just do it. If he says it, do it. Malachi 3, nobody likes to talk about this verse, but I'm going to go here, and I'm going to build on it over the coming weeks, parts of this. It says, will a man rob God? Can you handle me pastoring you right now? Only one person can handle me pastoring them right now. Praise the Lord. Can you handle this right now? Okay. Will a man rob God? It says, yet you rob me. God is talking here. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. I believe there's three levels of giving. Tithes, offerings, sacrificial or extravagant giving. It says, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Everybody say whole tithe. That, that word that popped at me recently, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Open the windows of heaven. And pour out in you so much blessing you not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring uh, your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. See, a lot of people are not bringing the whole tithe. They're not bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse. And there's other things that we might not be doing as well. We're not stewarding well. God can't bless a mess. Amen. That'll preach that by, just all by itself, okay? But the whole tithe in the storehouse, I don't, a lot of t- our tithes go into MasterCard right now. It needs to go to the storehouse so that what? There may be food in my house. And God actually says, test me this or try me this. That should be enough for me it's easier for me to say this now because I've been doing this for over 20 years, this practice. Every year, you know, for the last few years, being, giving more. It's changed my life. It's really hard for me not to talk about something that's changed my life. Again, I don't want something for, from you. I want something for you. I can show you statistics of people who tithe. They steward their finances better. They have more wherewithal. They're able to do above and beyond that. Why? Because it works. God's ways work. They do. And if you feel like I'm trying to get something from you here, you shouldn't be here. You should go to another church, but tie there. Please. For, the, for your sake. For your sake. So that the devourer may be rebuked. Not just on your finances, your whole life. I believe it's insurance on my whole life. When my family comes under attack, I say, God, I'm a tither. Rebuke the devourer for my sake and for my children's sake and for my circumstances that are opposing me right now. And I can go with confidence before God and know that he hears me. And I don't have to have a con- condemned heart when I'm going to God with that. 
And so it says, so that there may be food in my house. Let me, let me ask you this. This is, a, this is one you can respond to. Do you like the food that you receive at Connect? I'm not talking about back there, okay? That food's pretty good, all right? And the coffee's not too bad. I'm talking about the spiritual food that you receive at Connect. Yes or no? Okay, so here's the deal. And you may not like this, but somebody else may be paying for it. Someone, someone's giving so that you can be here today, so the lights will be on, the heat on, the coffee on, the pastor on. Come on, somebody. The staff, the pre, all the different things that are going on. You're fed now and during, you know, the week after week. And I'm not, if, you, if you're hearing this in a condemning way, you're not hearing me. But, but are you giving? A secret to the windows of heaven opening up is to give yourself first to God. How do you give yourself first to God? First pray. First obey, first give. How do you, where do you start in your giving? Before you give to connect the dots, you got to give to God. It's really not even giving. It's just returning to God what's already his. He's just, it's all his, and he just said, I want you to give a piece of that back to me. I was, I was uh, debating whether I was going to do this, but when I lived down the street here on um, Pleasant Street, I, my youngest daughter, Morgan, loves Skittles. And you're saying, what does it have to do with anything? Just hang on, just hang on. See, because some people right now in church are enjoying this, and some people are receiving this. There's a difference. Some people are enjoying this saying, he's pretty funny, or he's a pretty good teacher. That worship's good. Pastor Deej is a regular rock star. Devin's cute. You know, <laughs> I don't know. You're enjoying it. You're enjoying it. But some people are receiving from it. See, enjoyment is like it's going in. It's like food that's going in. And just, you just pass it. It's not healthy. But, but receiving, it's, being, it's nourishing you. It's getting every cell in your body. It's, it's feeding every system in your body because you're receiving from it. Nobody receives who doesn't give. If you don't give, you're just enjoying but you're not receiving. Your body's here, but your heart's not here. I didn't say that Jesus said it. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you, if you want your heart in the things of God, then you got to put your treasure there. And then your heart will be there. And so some are, I want you to receive. I want you to be nourished. But in order for that to happen, you have to give. So what do you, you want to give? Again, it's not so much about the mounts. It's about putting God first. And so in all that you have, if, if I put... I did this with Morgan. I put, she loves sweet candy. She did. Not so much now, praise the Lord. But I put all these Skittles. They said, Morgan, Daddy bought you some Skittles. And I put them out on the table like that for her. She was so excited. First thing she did as soon as she got them, she poured them all on the table. And then she grabbed them. And she put her arm just around them, just like that. And started looking at me like viciously, like a, like a, like a raccoon, you know, just ripped off your trash can. And she's just doing this like this. And, and then she starts organizing by color, you know, she, I don't know why she did that, but she did all that kind of stuff. And I, anyway, I watched her for a little while, and I was kind of fun, I was kind of laughing. And I said, Morgan, I want you to give daddy, give me that, give me that first one before you eat it. Give me that first one. Before you get them all dirty and all messed up with your sloppy hands and your saliva, give, give me that first one. And she goes, no. Just like that. This is, she was, she was 13 when she did this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She was probably like 11. No, but, uh. I said, she said, no. I said, give me the first one. She says, no. I said, give daddy the first one. All I want is the first one. So finally, with her sloppy finger, she just kind of, you know, whatever. And she kind of slides it over real, real, real painfully, reluctantly, you know, she slides it over. And I remember walking away, and I'm like, that is ridiculous. 
That is ridiculous. I just gave her a whole bag of Skittles, and all she's going to give me is that sloppy yellow one. And she's reluctant to do it, and she's fighting me over it or whatever. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that's what I feel like with my people. I could, she didn't know this, but I could rain Skittles on her. I could have stuck her out in the trash can like a little raccoon, popped her down in there, and just went, whoa, Skittle, Skittle, Skittle. I could have drowned her in Skittles. It's not about the Skittles. It's about being first. God wants you to put him first. He wants you to give yourself. The first action is to give yourself by praying. Will you pray? Will you listen? Will you obey? Will you give? Will you give? Will you stand on your feet and let me pray for you? When you walk out of here today, there'll be a bag of Skittles. I'm serious. There'll be a bag of Skittles. Grab it. Don't forget. Maybe give your first Skittle away to somebody. Don't give it to me with your, slob, with your slobby fingers. But I want you to remember that God just wants to be first. And in order to have an open heaven on your life and on our church, we've got to be a praying church, we have to be an obedient church, and we have to be a radically giving church. Would you just close your eyes and let me pray for you? Father God, we can't do this thing without you. And, and I know that there could be some people in this room and they, they actually are struggling right now in their hearts. Like, you know, and there's questions and there's pushback and there's blah. And, 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 and some, like, he's right and they need to do something. And I pray that you, if anybody's in that condemning place, move them to conviction. It's conviction. That maybe God's speaking to you, challenging you. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? I want to rain Skittles on your life. Will you trust me? When you do what I say and see as I see, I will bless you. I will open up the windows of heaven on you. They won't be shut on you. They'll be opened on you. When you, when you talk to me, not just talk at me, but with me, I'll speak to you. There's nothing that could change your life more than the, the holy God talking with you, son, daughter, boy, man, woman, girl. He wants to do something incredible in our lives. He wants to open up the heavens on your life. If you're here and you want God, not to shut the heavens, but open the heavens, would you raise your hand and just say, that's me, I want an open heaven on my life, on my life. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you give people the courage to follow you, God, to do what you say, to take what's happened here today and walk it out every day for the next 21 days. We, we run this race all out. We're not cop-outs, drop-outs, we're all outs, we're completely, we're, we're all in, we're in it, we're in it to win it, God, and I pray in Jesus' name that you encourage them, and that you strengthen them, and you radically change their personal devotional life with you, and their time alone with you is awesome, and when we come together to pray, it's awesome, and when we celebrate together on, on services, we're getting more and more excited, and you're revealing the vision, not just to PD and a few people, but to me and to you, and everybody's starting to see the big picture as we pray, as we obey, and as we give. Lord, set our hearts right in Jesus' name. Set our affections on you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap all over the room. God love you. Have a great day.